Well, it's a blessing to be here this morning, isn't it? And we're so thankful for all that the Lord is doing. We serve a great and a mighty God. And I don't know if you've acknowledged that or realized it this morning, but I believe that we need to on a regular basis. Thank the Lord for all that He is and all that He's done for us, completely undeserving. And I'm so grateful. What a blessing to be able to be here. God has done wonderful things uh, up in New Hampshire. We're thankful for it and uh, all that the Lord's doing. And so we just praise the Lord. We serve the same God that uh, stirred up there, as we just heard about the two preachers of, of uh, years gone past with the Great Awakening. And uh, God is still up there in New England. And he's still desiring to be able to work the exact same way he did a couple hundred years ago. And uh, it's not God that's changed. It's not even his desire that's changed. God still desires to be able to work, and we're thankful for that. And uh, I'm thankful for Brother Gravely. and thankful for Bible Baptist and uh, what the Lord is doing here. We're thankful for it. And um, he comes up and preaches for us. Uh, once a year, uh, we do an anniversary revival. Every year on our anniversary, the church anniversary, we've held a revival meeting and uh, asked the Lord to be able to uh, meet with us and to be able to stir and uh, some great things. We're not going to go into that. It's not about us, not about our church this morning. It's about the Lord Jesus. But if there's a subject matter that I thoroughly enjoy preaching about, it's about the subject matter of missions. And I believe God blesses. I believe that God moves when our heart is about others and asking God to be able to work. When we started our church nine years ago, uh, the very first check that was ever written from Granite State Baptist Church uh, was written to a missionary. And, uh, and so that's, that's not for our, our legacy, but that's just how the Lord met the needs and provided and uh, first check ever written was to a missionary, and I believe God's blessed ever since. I want to encourage Bible Baptist and uh, to get involved as much as possible with missions. And uh, we support missions. We just had our Grace Given and Faith Promise Conference back in September. And uh, so far we're supporting right at 20 missionaries that uh, God's allowed us to be able to support. And to be, we got three that are sent out of our church and uh, that are doing a work. We're thankful for that. But uh, I've found out, I believe that's why God's doing some great things, is it is all about missions and, uh, and being able to reach people. I was told before we went there that uh, if you tell enough people about Jesus, Jesus will tell enough people about your church. And uh, so we've been trying to focus on that. And our message, you walk into our church and uh, right above our doors, my wife put a, a statement right above our doors, you walk into the auditorium, it says, making much of Jesus. And uh, that worked for our pastor in church up here at Shenandoah Baptist Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, that worked for Pastor Grubbs for many years, making much of Jesus. And I said, if it works in Cleveland, it'll work in Concord. And uh, God's no respecter of persons. Boy, God's doing a wonderful, wonderful work. Let's take our Bibles this morning, turn to Romans chapter 15, if you would. Romans chapter number 15. And be able to share some things that God's put upon our hearts. And uh, so thankful for the messages uh, throughout this week. And asking God to be able to work in a great and a mighty way. But Romans chapter number 15. And if you're able and willing to, if you'd stand for the reading of the word of God. 
We're going to read in the 15th chapter of Romans in Paul's letter as he's writing here, beginning in verse number 17. The Bible says, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought in me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, uh, yes, from Jerusalem round about Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yet so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. I want to come back and look at that phrase with me in verse number 20 where he says, I strive to preach the gospel and these five words, not where Christ was named. Not where Christ was named. With the help of the Lord, I want to share a few thoughts this morning on the subject matter on looking where there's nothing. Looking where, this, where there's nothing in relationship to reaching this world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray and you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the emphasis to be able to be placed on world evangelism. Lord, for the gospel to go forth. Lord, we believe in John 3.16. We believe that God can move. Lord, I believe you've done your part. You've sent the Lord Jesus Christ. You've inspired the word of God. You've indwelt us with the spirit of God. Lord, I believe it's up to us to do our part. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge us this morning. Lord, may this morning be a call to action. Lord, for something that is greater than ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Looking where there's nothing. So many times today I believe the desire that we have is to enter into a relaxing and easy ministry for the Lord. I know we won't get too many amens there, but we see this across our nation. We see that there's a desire to be able to move in where there's maybe a great foundation. Maybe there's people with money that we can slip into and continue a work for the Lord. But as that may be the will of God, and there's sometimes that a position must be taken upon retirement of a preacher, or maybe upon the death of a preacher, or the purposeful moving of God into another direction. And I say purposeful moving of God. I don't believe that takes place as much as what we think it takes place nowadays, but that's another message, okay? This is not how the great works of the past were established for the cause of Christ. This was not the drive and the heart of the Apostle Paul as he ministered throughout the first century. 
through studying the Apostle Paul's ministry. And we see it throughout the, I believe, 14 letters and epistles that he penned that we have recorded. I believe that Paul had a pioneering spirit that God put in him. Not just had a pioneering spirit, I believe he had a purposeful spirit that God put in there. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you save the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. But I believe he had a pursuing spirit that was put inside of him that he continued on and on and he was always looking for the next place to be able to go and to preach the gospel. I believe he had all of this for the gospel message and ministry that God has given to him. As we read here in Romans chapter number 15, we reflected in these verses and we read about how Paul viewed the ministry that God had placed before him. Paul desired, I believe, to look where there was nothing when it comes to the places that he preached the gospel. We see that statement here, where not where Christ was named. Now as we look at that phrase, and I make mention of these things that, listen, I believe it's a call to action, and I know that I'm not preaching up north in the Bible Belt. I know that we're up there. God used these verses to help direct us to be able to go someplace where the name of Jesus is not on every street corner. I've said this before, that is, as some ask me about the South, this is not a message against the South. I praise the Lord for what God has done and the number of churches that are down here. I said, listen, God doesn't need another church to be established in Rossville, Georgia. I said, but what God does need is the churches that are in Rossville, Georgia. I said, to get stirred up for the cause of Christ and the message that God has given to them to be able to go out and reach lost souls for the cause of Christ. Looking where there's nothing. Looking where there's nothing. We have a generation that's coming up behind us and I have no problem saying whatsoever, whether it be a young person or an older person, listen, we've settled into this status quo and we've got churches that have their front rows full of preachers. We have churches that are full just waiting for that pastor to go off the scene. We have evangelists. Now hold on now. We have evangelists that have their sugar sticks and their sugar places to be able to go to the same churches over and over and over because they know there's a good love offering that's there. They know that they're going to get invited back and well we can't open up anything new. I mean our, our schedules are already full. Listen, I believe if you gave the Apostle Paul a deciding factor, hey do you want to go back to Antioch and to be able to preach where there's estimated close to a hundred thousand Christians that are there and to be able to report back to them. Or do you want to go find a little jail cell where there's a Philippian jailer that needs to hear about the cause of Christ? I believe that the Apostle Paul would say, listen, I want to go where the name of Christ has not been preached. Listen, they haven't heard about it. They haven't heard what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for them. And I want you to see this, just a few things down through here. You say, why don't we have that today? Because of that little word, striving in verse number 20. 
where I have strived to preach the gospel. Do you understand that word strived? If you go and look that up and listen, you don't even have to go back and I'm all for, listen, go back and see where words came from. I'm not against that. But listen, just look at Webster's and it's going to tell you that that word strived means to place exertion into or to labor or this little dirty four-letter word, especially when it comes to ministry, is the four-letter word work. And I found out this, that ministry is work from the time you get up in the morning to the time you pillow your head at night. It is work to take the gospel out there. And he said, I have strived. Everything that is in him is saying, listen, all of my energy, all of my effort is to preach the gospel. First of all, we see that there was a place that was void of the message. Void of the message when he said, not where Christ was named. Can you imagine a place where they do not know about the Lord Jesus Christ? They do not know that Jesus loves them. Listen, you may say, oh, these are the darkest jungles of Africa. No, years ago, I talked to a missionary, and his ministry was within the first hundred miles south of our border in Mexico. And he would take pack mules, and he would load them up, and he'd march up into those villages up there. And you say, oh, everybody down there in Mexico, they're Catholic, and they're devout. He said, we'd get back into those mountains where these villages, villages are he said there wouldn't even be a statue of Mary back there and he said we'd ask them can we tell you about Jesus and they would say well who is Jesus we've never heard about him before and I thought here we are listen they don't need another church piling on top of Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. I said, when there's people around this world that are void with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just heard of 230-some counties in the southwest part of America. Listen, there's more churches than that in this county right here in Georgia. Then there are counties that have no gospel witness whatsoever. And Paul is saying, listen, send me to a place that they are void of the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, oh, I'm just, I'm just getting tired of, of knocking on doors around this area and everybody's saved down here. Well, go someplace that they don't even know what saved means. Go someplace they've never seen a Bible opened up before. Go someplace they don't know about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Void of the message, last statistic that I read, approaching this 8 billion people that's been mentioned three times here in this, in this meeting over the past three days. They estimate that over three quarters of the world's population have never even had the opportunity to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Listen, you understand we're talking five to six billion people on planet Earth never had the opportunity. That doesn't mean there was a church in their town and they decided not to come. That doesn't mean that there was a tent that was set up and they decided not to go to the meeting. They never had the opportunity. It hasn't been handed down to them. And here we sit, listen, on our padded pews, and I'm thankful for nice padded chairs and air conditioning and heat. But listen, there are places across our nation and around this world, they've never heard about Jesus. 
Why do you think some missionaries will get on the field and they'll go from place to place and plead and listen, don't just sit here. Would you go to a place that doesn't have the gospel that's void of this message? Imagine that place being able to go in. Someone asked me and I talked to a pastor up in Manchester, New Hampshire as soon as we moved up there. Our largest city in New Hampshire. And I know this, this isn't big to you guys down here with cities with millions of people. Our largest city has about 110,000 people. And as of right now, there is one independent Baptist church that will open their Bible and preach the gospel on Sunday morning. For 110,000 people in one city, that city where Brother Noah's going to, listen, we've driven through it, driven through it, driven through it, 25, 27,000 people that are in that city. And as of, listen, as of two days ago, there's no one opening up a Bible and sharing the gospel whatsoever. I believe the fifth largest city in our state of Keene, New Hampshire. No one opening up a Bible. And sharing the gospel. Now listen, you say, oh, that's, that's right here in America. Yeah, that's right here. Go ahead and multiply it. What about out west? Where there, where there is no Bible that's being opened out there. And we, listen, we can get up and preach against false religions all day long. But until you're willing to leave your comfort zone and be able to get out there where no one's telling them about Jesus, don't you come complaining to me. But Paul said, listen, I'm looking where there's nothing. Hey, I don't need to, Paul said, I don't need to go back to Jerusalem and preach. There's a whole bunch of apostles that are back there and they're preaching the gospel there. But hey, can you imagine, you read down through here and I thought, imagine the the vision Paul had. He said, I'm hoping I'm going to come back by way of Spain. And I'm thinking, who, who's, who talks like that today? I'm going to swing through Spain because no one's preaching the gospel there and make sure to be able to share Jesus while we're there. You know what we need? We need some that will get that pioneering spirit back into their hearts and say, God, would you give me some place they don't even know about Jesus? Just before I moved up to Concord, I read that statistic that came out by Barna, and you can question where he gets all of that and the, the research and everything. But at that point, my region where God put us, that Boston, Manchester, coming up the 93 corridor, was number four for the least gospel-minded region in America. It goes back and forth. It used to be 15 years ago that it was the Northwest. Now eight of the top ten least Bible-minded and least religious states are actually northeast of America right there, in the northeast of America. And we go back and forth between New Hampshire and Vermont for being the least Bible-minded. And I had a pastor encourage me. He said, listen, it's 22 to 24% of our population up there says this, that they even attend church once a month. And a pastor said this, and some say, why would you go up there when it's so hard? He said, why would I want to be anywhere else? He said it's it's wide open. He said the greatest possibility that whoever you come in contact with in your daily life is going to be lost without Jesus. Instead of running into everybody that's saved. And I thought void of the message. But I want you to see this. Because I looked at this a little different in verse number 20. Not just void of the message. But I want you to see there was a vision in the making. 
when he says in verse number 20, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. You say, what do you mean a vision in the making? Listen, Paul knew he was going to be building. He knew wherever it was going to be, listen, God's going to do something, a vision in the making. Let's go proclaim Christ and preach the word of God where it's not named. You tell enough people, listen, you throw enough hooks out there, something's going to bite at some point. And you say, well, hey, listen, I know there's people right here next door that need the gospel. They do. But you know something? There's a good possibility they're going to run into a Christian during their lifetime. But I thought, how many walk through my city? Now listen, there's another church on the other side of town. And if someone walks in off the street, listen, I believe this. I believe they can be eternally saved. My town has about 47,000 people. And as far as I know, there's two that, that they can walk, two churches that they can walk into and be eternally saved. Someone asked me in the next town when we started our church, they said, listen, sometimes we do evangelism and run our van down into Concord to be able to pick up people for church. Is that still okay? I said, hey, listen, there's 47,000 people there. Until I've got 47,000 coming to my church, I said, come in and get a few. How many people that will live? And they'll be born, they'll live their entire life inside the borders of our nation right now. And they will die without anybody ever telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And young preachers and young ladies are sitting on our pews on a regular basis. And they're saying, God, would you use me? Maybe I can take over Bible Baptist when Brother Gravely dies. How about getting out and pioneering something and going where there's a void of the gospel and going and having a vision that God's going to be doing something and say, hey, I just believe God to get out there and say, God, would you do something and surrender to what God has for us? You say, but oh, that's going to be hard. That's where the strive comes in. It takes work. It takes labor. It takes long days. But after all, what are you raising support for anyway? And I know it's not just those sitting on the pews. I've talked to some. I talked to evangelists last week. I was out in Missouri preaching. I said, we've gotten to the point. I said, even evangelists and missionaries going across our country. I said, they preach evening meetings. I said, what do they do? Sitting in a hotel all day long? All I need to spend time in prayer. I understand. There's, there's a time to pray. But we're supposed to be abiding and abounding. I think some need to change their title from evangelist to revivalist because they're not evangelizing one bit. And I'm saying get into a community and go and knock some doors, be an encouragement. You want to be an encouragement to a pastor in a church, have about 10 or 12 walking down that aisle while you're there preaching that meeting. That'll put a shot in their arm to be able to go out and get some more. Hey, listen, there's a vision in the making of just saying, I'm going to be building. Can't help it. I'm going where no one's at. No one's laid a foundation there. You say, but that takes work. It's striving, getting the pioneering spirit. But can I say this? There's a victory in the miracle. I love it after he describes it here in verse number 20. But he comes to verse number 21 and says, But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. 
I'm so thankful. Now listen, the verses were just read. It wasn't, hey, you go out there where there's nothing, start looking where nobody else has been and say, bless God, by God's grace and His strength, we're going to go and just carve out a work right here and plant it and be able to dig down deep and we're going to stay and see what God's going to do. Listen, God does say they shall come again with rejoicing. Not just with their tail tucked between their legs either. Bringing their sheaves with them. I believe God just does something when we start looking where there's nothing. And say, by the grace of God, I'm going. And I don't know what's going to happen except God's promise. And listen, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you. Listen, he's promised and committed that he'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We've just gotten to the point, listen, we just need to go and stay for a while. We just need to go and we need to dig in and trust God. God, we're going to carve out a work for you if it's the last thing we do with our lives and we're going to trust the Lord to be able to do it. Strive to preach the gospel, looking where there's nothing. Hey, I wonder this. When's the last time, you, and you can just about, you know what you ought to do if you're praying about where God wants you to go? Or say, listen, I'm just tired of piling up on someone else. Why don't you go talk to Brother Saunders and say, can you give me that list of counties out in the southwest? Oh, but you understand, that's not the Bible Belt. Exactly. That's why they need you. That's why they need Jesus. Go get that list of counties and say, hey, I'm going to start praying over them. Oh, no, I can, I can start one right down the road here. Oh, it don't have to be in Rossville. I'll go to Fort O. It's three miles away. I'm thinking, listen, I'd rather get somewhere. I'm not piling on top of everybody. But when you walk into a city, listen, and you got five churches all competing on which one's going to get the kid with the hot dog for that next Sunday, listen, and you're overlapping. I'm saying, listen, there's plenty of room that's out there. Go get some. Get somewhere that God's saying, hey, there's nothing. Get that pioneering spirit and say, God, if you would use me, then God, use me wherever you can. Let me ask you this. Do you know why Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse number 35 after he led that woman to the well and the disciples came out there and he said, Say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Do you know what Jesus was saying to his disciples right there? The harvest is out there, but there's no one. Do you know why the harvest was about past? No one was harvesting. And here's what we do. Now listen, here's what we do. Oh, we'll get into the field and let's go glean in the corner for a little while. No, there's entire fields out there that are just waiting for someone. How many of y'all enjoy, hey, listen, I know all the deer hunters raised their hand. There was one time we walked into a field, and it was a couple miles away from our house up in Maine. We walked in there. We're going to do some deer hunting that day. We walked into that field, scanned that field, and there were eight orange vests all the way around that field. Hey, listen, this ain't nothing new to me. You know what I did? I turned around and walked out. Guys, there's enough all around there. 
and there's only one deer going to step out into that field. And I said, everybody's going to be shooting for it. You know what I'd prefer to do? I'd prefer to go to somewhere where they're not hunting. And I thought if we'd start realizing, listen, there's fields out there that are white under harvest. And the reason that they're past harvest is no one's out there reaping. Why don't you get something in your heart, young people, older people, that are doing something for God and desiring to do something. Quit running that same circuit. And get out there and say, God, would you put me somewhere where there's nothing and there's no one? Does anybody remember the name, and I'll close with this, Daniel Nash? Anybody know that name? You know that name, don't you? Go back and research Daniel Nash. He was the prayer warrior for Charles Finney. Do you understand at the end of Charles Finney's ministry that they estimate? And I, I, listen, there's a whole lot of criticism out there and Finneyism and everything like that, saying, well, he was just after pragmatism and he was just after big crowds. It was estimated just over 80% of his converts were still true and walking faithful years after he went off the scene. And listen, some people would do better to be able to go back and research Daniel Nash before they start criticizing what Charles Finney was able to do behind the sacred desk of preaching the Word of God. But from Daniel Nash's mouth, here's what he said. When Mr. Finney and I began our race, we had not thought of going amongst ministers. Our highest ambition was to go where there was neither minister nor reformation and try to look up the lost sheep for whom no man cared. We began and the Lord prospered. But we will go into no man's parish unless called. We have room enough to work and work enough to do. And I thought, Lord, would you put something in our hearts? And may there be some young men and some young ladies that will come to the point and get the spirit of the Apostle Paul and say, God, would you allow me to strive where the name of Christ is not mentioned? God, would you send me to the uttermost part of the earth? My life is yours. Name a place. I'm not stumbling over somebody else, but it's my field. And I'm going to go reach them. God, would you use us to look where there's nothing? You say, well, I go over here and there's a church. I go over there and there's a gospel witness. Hey, listen. Start looking across our nation. Start picking out a country somewhere. Start picking out a village. And start saying, you know something? They've never heard the gospel. No one's ever been there. No one's ever proclaimed Christ. And I wonder who, listen, with the who will go as what we just heard and what God's doing upon our hearts, I believe it's a call to action to say, God, if you'll allow me to, I'll look where there's nothing and go do something for the cause of Christ. Would you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed as she begins to play on the piano. If God spoke into your heart, I believe it would be all right, Brother Gravely. Maybe some will gather at this altar and say, God, would you use me? God, I'm willing to lift up my eyes. God, I'll look where there's nothing. If you want to send me, Lord, to the, first, the, the darkest corner of this nation or the darkest corner of this world, God, would you please, would it be the desire, not just the drudgery, would it be the desire of our heart? Say, God, would you let me go where there's nobody? Hey, look into your community, Pastor. 
Look across the street. Who's reaching that guy that's laying on the sidewalk? You know why they're laying there? No one's there. Go reach that drug addict. No one else is. Go reach that homeless. Go reach them projects. Hey, listen, I found out this. You go after the unlovely. Boy, you're not going to be, get beat down with everybody else trying to go in there. You'll have the whole field to yourself. I say, ask God, God, would you send me? Put me somewhere there is nobody. I'm not talking about a lack of fellowship. I'm not. Listen, that's another whole message. But I'm just saying, look on the fields. Look unto those that are perishing. They've never heard the name of Christ. Look in where there's nothing. The desire of the Apostle Paul's heart. Listen, he didn't say, God, send me to Jerusalem. He didn't even say, God, send me to Antioch. He said, listen, I, I'm preaching where there's no, but not nothing. I want to walk into a place, listen, they've never heard the name of Jesus. And boy, there's victory. We got the promise of God. You go ahead and proclaim Christ. Boy, it's amazing what Christ can do. He just wants to be lifted up, just wants to be exalted. Would you commit your life? I'm going to look where there's nothing and say, God, would you use me there where there's nothing?